Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. This episode is sponsored by Polymorph Crafts. Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories. Distinguished adventurers, a few words before I recap and we head into the new episode. This episode is the second half of a game we played that ran a little bit too long. Last week was the first half of the show and included what we were drinking as well as the dedicated fireball shot. This week we pick up where that episode left off and includes, at the end, experience for the entire game. Also, you might notice that Travancore's audio isn't quite as good as it normally is. Thankfully, our lovely Patreon has helped mitigate the costs of some replacement equipment, and we promise next week Travancore will be back to his clean, dulcet tones. Now, last time on Dungeon Drunks, the group took a well-deserved long rest and are now level 9! Yay! Bernie received a dream visit from her goddess, who told her she was now trusted with the power to raise the dead. But she should be wary of its limitations, and make it a priority to find the 500 gold piece diamond that the spell requires so she can continue to help her friends. Carlton surprises everyone with a gift of a foosball table, which now everyone can play in the basement of their house in the pocket dimension. And he and Travancore have what is probably the most epic foosball match of all time. As we pick up from that point, our heroes have decided to split into two groups to tackle the two leftover threads from their last adventure. They still have to deal with the cursed sword Vorfindal and figuring out how to destroy the amulet that can be used to summon a fiend. All right, you guys are going to head back upstairs and head to the Amethyst Acropolis? Yeah. Do we all need to go to the Amethyst Acropolis? I mean, I well, would. I'm carrying it right now in the bag. Yeah, and I would and, like to and, find yeah, out more. I was also gonna find out. I mean, like on the list of to do, the to do list is the the amulet that we need to destroy. Right. So I can mention the amulet, but I think that might be more in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna take Travancore with me. That's probably good. Yeah, split the party down that way. Probably good. All right, Jonathan. Yo. The sword is technically Preconum State property, but at this point. If I need to get it back, I'll find a way. So for now, I think it's the safest place we can put it. Well, I fully intend for it to return to our possession because, well, I don't know. I'll let them make their case because if they make a, ca- a good case for it staying at the Acropolis, I don't think I talked to you guys yet. Uh, and before we break, I do want to bring something up real quick. We've done a lot of good for this little corner of the world so far. We've killed a rot demon. We've ended strife in Amphail. We've we've recovered and and destroyed an enemy of uh, Perconum weapons and an enemy of Perconum and an enemy to everyone. We are in the final process of process of banishing a demon. Last night I figured out how to teleport us. Ooh, wow! I think we can do a lot more good, but I can't go anywhere that doesn't already have a teleportation circle yet. What I was going to ask Arasic, and one of the reasons why I really want to go to the Acropolis is because 
I think we could potentially ask them. I know it's I'm not entitled to it yet. That's um that's an that's a privilege for higher level members. But the Amethyst Acropolis, they told me that I was the only adventuring wizard that was a member. They have the resources to send someone out and deal with problems like this. We don't even know what's going on elsewhere on the Sword Coast or anywhere else in Faerun. What if we could do some good? When I was talking to those kobolds, I meant it that as a team, we are super fucking strong. What if we were to use the Acropolis, maybe be their agents, maybe not, but use that as a, as a means to do more good elsewhere? Before, we, before I go talk to them, that is something I want to bring up, but I can't, I can't bring that up without y'all's approval. I put my hand in the center of the circle of us. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, I'll talk to you guys about this when we get back. We have an errand to run before we do that. Okay. But yeah, yeah, I think that'll work. At the very least, I can ask for permission to bring us back if need be <laughs> for now. Because we know, I know where this circle is. I'm pretty sure I know where the one in, uh, in Neverwinter is. But... If we were to expand our repertoire like that, we could literally go places. Oh, the places will go. <laughs> you know, we'll travel around, <laughs> fight some bad guys, get some loot, do some good. Yeah, like you do. Yeah, I mean, sure. And as much as I like the Golden Rock, getting a little restless. Yeah, we need to... I, I have a visit to Greenest that I have to make, and... Uh, and Reggie! Oh, yes. Reggie was the one I was most concerned about. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it right there. But okay, I'll, I'll run it by them and say and, and ask if there is an interest. And then we can do Bernie's errand. We can make sure that a medallion gets destroyed, that amulet yeah. gets destroyed. And then we can, we can see where things take us. All right. If there's nothing else between the two groups, you guys split off into pairs. Sounds like Jonathan and Carlton heading off to the Amethyst Acropolis to have that discussion. As they leave, Bernie, you and Travancore and the bear and the dog are there. Where would you like to go? All right, Travancore. The bear might stand out a little bit, but the kids will probably like it as long as he doesn't eat any of them. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to see the gnome side of town? Sounds... Actually, sounds exciting. Yeah. Shadow. Okay. You're going to be on your best behavior. <laughs> and he he does that thing where he's usually just kind of slouched next to you, but you've called him to attention. So now he just kind of stands next to you like a, like a proper bear. I think we both know between the two of us, Shadow is the better being. <laughs> Shadow is the proper bear. Pro proper bear. <laughs> proper but bear. you are also a good bear. Oh. <laughs> so while we're walking, I actually have a question for, for Bernie. You can answer it or not answer it. I'm going to ask. You decide what you're going to do with it. If you want to answer, that's totally fine. What does the Q and your name stand for? Well, <laughs> can I tell you a secret? Sure. Tree of Trust. Well, it doesn't. So is it just there for show? Something like that, yeah. Hmm. You can check the character sheet. I you can you can see the email I sent Lauren. How many years ago now? Several. <laughs> I'll I'll say in character, uh, Travancore. In this moment of honesty, 
you without a role consents. She's telling the truth. Yeah. I have no reason to doubt her. You know, I will say this. It rolls off the tongue pretty nice. I gotta say, it's, uh, as far as affectations goes, it's not a bad one. No, it's not. And I'll tell you something else as we walk. Bernice is not my given name. <laughs> and, and she kind of digs her heels into Coco Snoot and trots along ahead <laughs> a little bit to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, leave, to leave Travancore pondering that one. <laughs> wow. And, like, I assume, like, she says that as they're entering Gnome Town, where she knows that a million gnome children are going to be, like, <gasps> at the bear and just, like, utterly distract this poor man. Yeah, as you guys enter um, kind of this this bit of town that you've never even seen, Travancore, it's, a, it's almost like the the buildings part a little bit and the houses get smaller and they turn, uh, the streets turn from straight to circular. And it's very clear that you've entered a part of town that's in a different pattern than the rest of, of the city. It's very small, both in stature and in quantity. There are not a lot of, of buildings here, but they all circle this, this big domed building in the center. And yeah, within moments, Bernie is mobbed by children who are all super excited to see Coco Snoot. They're all super excited to see you and Shadow because the two of you stick out. This is obviously the gnomish enclave that she has talked about. And the children are tiny. The people are, are much shorter than you. So you and Shadow tower over this community and they are fascinated the children are fascinated by you but they're also a little hesitant because it's shadow in armor and while you recognize that he's just padding along being friendly they see a black bear and while they don't go running screaming because they recognize bernie and so they trust that this is not you know someone come to kill them there's some hesitation there shadow lie down your back (laughs) (laughs) and he lays down and then he has a little bit of trouble getting on his back because of the armor you see your crank 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 and he he gets onto his back and then because of the way that the armor curves he ends up kind of flopped over on his (laughs) side and something about that amuses a couple of the kids and they come running on over and one of them immediately is just like bear 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 and starts to like hand up She's uh, gonna she's, use, she's gonna use her preacher voice, which is the equivalent. It's a mom voice. It's a it's a mom voice. All right, I will make a saving throw for this child. That's not gonna do it. Actually, she does now. have advantage against mom voice. Um, she just she, still doesn't gonna do it. She she stops in shadows fur, like she she you go ah ah ah, and she takes the two extra steps to end up in shadows fur, but then freezes. Bernie says, you can pet the bear to, like, all the kids. You can pet the dog. Fingers don't go in noses, eyeballs, ears, mouths, or anywhere in your behind. And you hear this chorus of children go, okay. And they're still, most of the children are still a little too wary of Shadow because he is so huge. Uh, But yeah, the couple that came on over that were immediately entranced by him are just like, (gasps) bear. And uh, Travancore, one of these tiny little gnome children come walking up to you. This this cute little boy. He's got kind of scraggly black hair, big brown eyes, you know, almost anime size, just staring up at you. And he says, 
Is that, is that your bear? He's my companion. He's my friend. You have friends with a bear? Yeah. Pretty lucky guy. What's it like? It's... I'm trying to record kind of pauses for a second because he's never really articulated what this bond is like to anybody. I named him Shadow because he's always with me. He follows me just like your shadow would follow you. And the kid kind of, he, he gasps a little bit and like looks down at his shadow and then looks over at the bear and goes, uh-huh. It's, I think as long as shadow's with me, things are going to be okay. That, that's what my mom says about, about our dog. She, she says as long as he's there to take care of me, does he take care of you? Oh, yeah. What's your dog's name? Do, my dog is Rufus. Rufus is a great name for a dog. Can I can I pet your bear? You certainly may. Thank you. And then he like runs on over, like all the polite finally done. Like he's been polite and he's gonna run on over. He's like, <laughs> and yeah, the braver children will come on over and are, are very happy to pet Shadow. Uh, very quickly, Vanilla comes out of her house uh, and and grins at all of you and looks at you, Bernie, and says, "So I see that you've brought some more joy to our enclave." And looks back over at Travancore and uh, Travancore, what you see is obviously a, an elder in this community. Um, she, she walks with no skip, no stutter in her step, but she is obviously slow and has, has many years on her, but she's smiling. She holds her hand out to you and she says, I've, I've heard of you from Bernie. My name is Vanilla Istora. Pleasure to make your acquaintance, ma'am. Travancore, Vice, and then he stops himself realizing that his title is like Venomous Poison. <laughs> Travancore of Picard. What can our our humble enclave help you with? And she looks at the both of you. Well, um, first some tea, I think, and then something that's better discussed inside, I think. Understandable. Why don't you follow me? And she leads you towards this circular house. She'll look at Shadow and and Kokosnoot and say, shall we leave them with the joys of the children? Yeah, they'll be fun. And she looks up in Travancore and she says, check your pockets. Their fingers get everywhere. <laughs> we'll do. I, I pat down my, <laughs> my pockets and everything to make sure that I haven't been five figure discounted. I mean, Make a perception check. I think it's like gnome children. I love the idea that's like they like messing with people. Like the idea that they would just take things and then just hand them to you, like a child that's discovered they can take things and hand it. Like it's a very gnome <laughs> child thing to do. Like I'm just gonna take this. Here you go. I found this, and you're like, thank you. Did it fall out of my pocket? No. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, having known you long enough, that sounds about right. What kind of check am I doing in to make sure I haven't been uh, injected, so to speak? Give me a perception check. All right. Oh, uh, stupid laptop. 23. The vast majority of the children were so either entranced or distracted by Shadow that n- none of them really came near you. So they-, they were very distracted. You did catch one or two who sidled up next to you in a way that was very obvious to your practiced eye. And to their credit, when you when you made eye contact with them before they could sneak their hands into your pockets, they blushed and ran away. <laughs> so you have the feeling it was pretty harmless to begin with. Okay. Man, eye contact. <laughs> but no, you're not missing anything. That's something the traffic court does that I don't do that often. 
<laughs> yeah, Travancore is making eye contact with all the kids. All right, as you guys enter this house, uh, we'll switch over to Jonathan and Carlton as you guys approach the Amethyst Acropolis uh, the next morning. And inside, as always, is Mr. Razzo Riverhopper, who seems incredibly happy to see you. He says, oh, good, Jonathan, I'm so glad you're back. Your friends told me that, that you were safe and that everything went well. And Carlton, you were not covered in mayonnaise. That's excellent. Yeah, we yes, took care of that. That was a that was a thing. Thankfully. Uh Razzo, we need to see Arasic and um and if possible, what was your name again? Uh it was Bella something. Rasic, who uh, sorry, it was a long day yesterday. Who'd you say could help remove a curse from a sword? Oh, I I don't know if she can, but if anyone could find out, it would be her. It'd be Balana Zadok. She's our research yeah, coordinator. Balana Zadok. Yes. Yes. I told I told her you were interested in 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 speaking with her, and she's very busy. But she said that she would contact you when she had some time. I can I could see if Aras is 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 available if you want to. Uh, just I mean, Jonathan, you could just go and 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 talk to him and bring him back down if you'd like. Yeah, well, let's use one of the meeting rooms that we used last time uh, for a bit of privacy, because there is quite a bit to talk about. I, I, I figured. Go go on ahead. And, and he leads you over to the same room that you guys were in just yesterday, really. Just, you know, talking with Aras. Moments later, the the tall Aarakocran wizard comes walking on in. He bows to all of you and says, I am grateful to see that you are alive and well, and I hope that you have good news. And he kind of scans the room and says, and that your companions are, are okay? They're fine. They're, they're off on another errand. Uh, so That is good to know. To that point, we did kill the person that had summoned that devil. Uh, we did not kill the devil. It was far too powerful for us. Uh, we did kill the cave dragon that had aligned with it. So that was good, but they are taking care. We destroyed the Agrippa, but there was an amulet that was part of that that whole deal. Uh, our cleric, Bernie, has decided that she was going to go take care of it. And so that's where she is. Uh, she's She's handling that. Do you have any insight on destroying it? The devil seemed to think that we just couldn't, like, blow it up or anything. Uh, but is that does that sound like the right path? Is there anything I need to let her know? He... Ponders that for a moment and says, if this was an amulet that was paired with the Agrippa to be part of the summoning ritual, then it is a very powerful artifact. It would hold the true name of that devil on it. And I could understand. And he kind of gives you a very long look and he says, did you make some sort of deal with this creature? Um, Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to think, I mean, really, we did agree to bring, to kill Evelyn and then she would leave. That, that was, that was pretty much the agreement, right? Did you sign a contract? No, nothing was signed. No. Okay. It was all verbal, which we all know yeah. doesn't hold up in a court of law. Or uh, or uh, demonic I would, or devilish activities. So yeah, we were very careful not to sign anything. That is good. You should still always mark your words when speaking with the devil. Right. Or yes. She tried very hard, but we we were strong. You know, come to think of it, I wasn't even there. I was. I was. Uh, I was. My familiar got killed. Uh, so right after the battle, I was bringing him back, and I I summoned Bucks to my hand, and Bucks like 
like straightens up and <laughs> and Aras gives him a little bit of a nod and says, good, it is the written contracts that can be binding to your soul. There is still power in verbal agreements, however. What, what exactly did you agree to do for this devil? And did she agree to do anything for you? I think she agreed to leave if we killed the, the woman who summoned her and brought back her body to see, which we did. And then we, we laid her out for her. Uh, then she left. And that was, that was it. Right, Carlton? Yeah. I mean, she, she tried to like make the, you know, make it more interesting. And uh, she was making, trying to make it worth my while. But uh, the, the little one slapped some sense into me. Bernie. That is good to know. And so now you simply have this amulet with ties to this devil and the Agrippa. We also have a cursed sword. Well, uh, everything, ever, <laughs> we're getting there. But yes, we do have the amulet. Uh, and like I said, Bernie is taking care of that. If we do need anything else, we will bring it back uh, here for further examination. But I'm sure, I'm sure she's got it. One can only hope amulets like that are intrinsically tied to the devils that are used to summon them. It has her true name on it. That would be a very dangerous artifact. And, and if, it may... And if we do need to bring it back, we will definitely do that. But... Um, we well, do other... not have the information necessary to destroy that. Oh, you, we, you don't? No, this is... Those kind of artifacts are forged in in very personal circumstances, and in order to destroy them, you must undo what circumstances created it. There is no book, there is no spell, there is no specific thing that can be done to destroy it. It must be discovered and taken care of on an individual basis. They're, they are powerful, and they are dangerous. Well, that is really good to know. I will... That, that in of, of itself is great information. So we will definitely pass it along when we see them later. We want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offers stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need game day and stay organized at the table. Their Mimic Chest starts life as a compact wood chest that converts into a dice tower and a tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands, a coaster, and plenty of room to carry minis and more. Over 230 tiny magnets in each Mimic Chest make assembly a breeze and come in three affordable price points with lots of customizable options. So check out polymorphcrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at polymorphcrafts. That's polymorphcrafts.com. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. Play with some of the Forgotten Realms' most iconic heroes, like Minsk, Boo, and Dritzt. Characters from Force Grey, like Arkin the Cruel. And even Strix from Dice Camera Action. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. 
This code expires on May 13th, 2018 at 9 p.m. Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. D-U-M-B-P-U-R-R-T-Y-G-S-F-I-N-D. So use that code, and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Uh, like Carlton mentioned, when we were coming back, we recovered two weapons of Burkhanum, uh, where my companion Travancore is from. One is a bow, and he hasn't used it yet, but it looks cool. The other one was a cool-looking longsword. And, and I, like, put my hand in my shirt to make, like, a glove, and I, like, open the bag and I go, Vorfindal. And I grab it and I put it on the table, like using my shirt as like a glove. I don't. So, and I pick it up and I say, "You have to. <laughs> no, no, you have to attune to it, Carlton. Just okay. touching it isn't enough." And I put it back down. I do put it back down. Right? Okay. And I like lower the halberd. And you know this is cursed. Yes. So I thought it might be a flying sword, which would be useful for me because uh, mechanically speaking, I don't have much to do with my bonus action. So a flying sword would be really neat. But what's a bonus action? I don't know. Anyway, so I attuned to it to see what it was like because I don't have identify yet. Hoping to get that taken care of too. You attuned to something that you did not know about. It was it was a very bad decision. I will I will readily admit. We and, call those Carlton moments. Yes. You and, watch as Aras Zik <laughs> <laughs> literally face palms that's, no that's fine no uh like uh, uh bucks mimics him because bucks remembers this so what happened were i attuned to it it had a, co- a command word to make it light into flame i was using it as a as a light source and when we were di- made a deal with the cave dragons kobolds to just go we didn't have to fight them we didn't kill them we did kill their cave dragon but we got to leave as we were leaving, we decided that uh, that stealth was probably better. So I turned off the sword and tried to sheathe it. And when I did, all my friends, I didn't see them anymore. I saw kobolds surrounding me. Fortunately, they were able to subdue me uh, before I, I did any real damage, any, any really bad damage. Uh, that that process broke the the link I have to it. I'm I'm not attuned to it anymore. And now... Here it is. It's called Vorfindel. At this point, uh, so Aras, he'd like face palmed. And then as you're telling this story, he'd wandered over and, and was listening to you, but also looking at this sword. And as you you were like, it's called Vorfindel. And this, he, he nods. And under his breath, you hear him say, this is why I stopped being an adventurer. And he holds out a hand and he mutters some arcane words under his breath and makes some motions. And you see him pull out a couple of components and then he nods and he looks back at you and he says, well, it is useless at this point, but I have identified this. And yes, you are correct. It is cursed. It is. (sighs) It is a nasty curse. Once you intune to it, You are required to keep it with you and within reach at all times. And it is relentless in its nature. If you have used it in battle or if you've activated it and then try to stop using it, it pushes to make more battles happen. 
And if you fail uh, to overcome its influence, it will make you see enemies where there are none. That, all of a sudden, the name Relentless makes a lot more sense. I was kind of hoping that Relentless meant it would fly and chop relentlessly and it would fly. Why Mostly would, I was hoping it would Relentless fly. mean it would fly? <sighs> so, okay. And he'll, and I put it in the chat for you guys to see, but he'll, he'll give you guys since actually since you've attuned to it uh actually no you had everything else so he'll he'll explain the full nature of a vorfindal and he will say this is not a weapon that you want anyone to use as soon as a battle is over then whoever is wielding it is very likely to turn on you yeah and i can from personal experience i can see why is this something that we can remedy can we uncurse this sword so that it can be used. We can just have it be like a flame sword. Right. So that'd be cool. You mean actually remove the curse, but leave the rest of the properties exactly. involved. Exactly. Yeah, like, so that way, like, we can use those light sources and, you know, uh, searing our steaks when we're cutting them. You know, like, two in one. It's really time efficient. And also uh, protecting the realms. And he kind of gives you this curious look as, you you know, food and this and then, you know, protection. Uh, and he says... I. We can investigate it. I, I understand that you wanted to speak with the research coordinator, Belt Balana. She would have the best bet of being able to figure out a way to uncurse this, but leave its properties. If If you would not mind leaving this with us, I can make sure that she has access to it and can do some research to figure that out for you. That but would be fine. Yeah. In my experience. Uh, one note, though, uh, it is property, state property of Perconum. So if uh, Travancore were to want it back, he said that we can leave it as if we could take it back since it is property of his homeland. Right. Well, if it cannot be uncursed, then it should be destroyed or. Right. We can bring that up to him. But until that, if he's like, if we go back, he's like, hey, where's my sword? He'd be like, oh, we give it to a rat sick. He's like, no, we got to like take it back to Perconum. Then I can like bring him here and y'all can like talk at this apparently this is yeah, our yeah. now We're, i mean aras isn't this is still ours even though it's dangerous and and aras knows that so i think there shouldn't be a problem getting it back if we need it right as far as i know no but uh certainly the prudent thing to do would be to lock it away until it can either be cured or destroyed right i'm just saying he may we, we, like when we tell him that because he was very adamant that it is Perconum state property. Right, but he also... Travancore is a reasonable guy. I'm sure he'll understand. I mean, the last thing we need is someone to figure out how to get into our bag of holding and then take it away. At least here, we know where it is, and it's safe. Yeah. So, for now, that's fine. Uh, if anything changes, I'll, I'll sending you. If anything changes immediately, and then if anything changes, like, hey, we would love to have it back in like a week or whatever, then we'll bring that up. But... Protection, like, again, like uh, Carlton said, that's the other thing we, that's the last thing I wanted to bring up. So I just learned the teleportation circle spell. Uh, I've seen what the teleportation circles can do here. And I've been researching it and I finally figured out how to make it work for me. And for the first time since entering, Aras, who is... A, a a stoic individual by nature, but, you know, this has all been serious talk. You, you see him perk up a little bit as you speak about something that you know that he is passionate about. And he he says, that is that is good. 
this is this is a good thing for you to know. I know you were attempting to get to Greenest, and while this won't necessarily help, this is a good thing for you to know. To that point, we were talking, uh, me and my party, and we've we've started to rack up some pretty good deeds. We've we took care of a dragon cult in Greenest. We killed a rot demon in the Quit Forest. We stopped a enemy of a Braconum, uh and her dealings with the devil. We killed that person. We killed a cave dragon. We've we've racked up some wins just in just around here. We'd like to see if we can expand our reach. Right now, like you, like I said, I can't get us anywhere that doesn't already have a teleportation circle. We can get back. I was wondering if there was a way that this is the watchful order. You guys need to watch. As far as I know, I'm the only adventuring wizard here. We could act as the agents of the watchful order. We could go where armies or kings or other people can't go. We can do things other people can't do. We could help on a lot more people. We just need a little little resources, mainly the ability to get to those places. And maybe even some sort of authority to act on the on the order's behalf, because I mean, it we can't be everywhere. But maybe we could try. Go ahead and roll an insight check. Uh that is a four? I'm listening. Can I insight? Maybe in a moment, not just yet. You you don't know Aras quite as well, and this is coming from Jonathan, so he That's looks fine. pained for a moment. And as you say this, he kind of, he paces away from the sword, which he's left on the table, and he comes back and he says, there are no other adventuring wizards once I stopped following that path. There are no, there are no wizards, warlocks, sorcerers, Spellcasters of any sort here who would do more than study because what you seek is dangerous. Now, don't get me wrong. Your offer would be met gladly with the rest of this guild. You would find yourself overwhelmed with opportunities at every turn. We are approached on a regular basis because of the perceived power in this building, but that power comes from its people, and there are not the people here anymore. And I'm, I'm hesitant to offer this for you and your friends, as we met because I entreated your help. And I know at least of one other Aarakocra who cares for you deeply, and it would it would be difficult to tell her if you were to fall. But if you are ever interested in other opportunities to help, I can ask. I would appreciate that. And I and I appreciate uh everything you've done for us and Gosh, I would ha- I would hate to uh, 
I would hate to disappoint that that little Aarakocra. She's pretty great. And you know that if any special mission ever arises, you could always call on us. That's what fate changers are for. But... Where did come before <coughs> Sorry. There's a nasty cough there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Real nasty. It's a, the, the fajita pepper's still stuck in my throat. Tell <coughs> me again what a what a bonus action is. Uh, he looks at you and he says... And, and then he kind of looks back over at the sword. And then he looks back over at you and he says... I will keep that in mind, but you need to learn caution. There are not, there is no backup for the path you walk. There are, there is no backup we can send to you if things go wrong. Believe me, we've been in situations where there is no backup. There is no retreat. We had to do things and... But that's not the way it should be. That's not the... Well, look. And he, he kind of holds himself back for a second and his feathers look ruffled and he says... Oh, no, I ruffled his feathers. Oh, dear. The death curse. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't ruffle his I know, feathers. I know, I know. Just... Yeah. I love that image. He says, since the death curse has taken so many of ours... The what? There was an issue. There was the reason that we were in Chult in the first place, the place that you went to help with my former clan. There was a lich that had started a way to circumvent the natural order of things. People who died could not be resurrected. Those who had been resurrected were suffering and dying all of a sudden. And it took us a very long time and very many people to stop it. And by the time it was done, many of those, especially those in our order, who had lived the life that you do, which often involved dying and coming back, were gone. Many of those with power are gone. This place is not what it once was. I would never have sent you to Chult unless I was desperate, because I knew at the time I had no one to send for backup. That's what it should be. But we don't. And he kind of straightens again, and he looks at you, and he looks back at Carlton, and he says, Know that you walk this path alone. Uh, Aras. I walk a lonely road. When we're all alone. <laughs> On this boulevard of broken dreams. <laughs> um, Aras, I, I understand. And the way I see it, if there's, if there's going to be a rebuild, if we are to become what we were, it's got to start with one wizard. That wizard's going to be me. And I'm going to have my friends with me. And we're going to do what needs to be done. And we will we'll be the start. If I, I feel I did not know any of this. I feel horrible for our fallen comrades. But I will honor their memory by doing them right. Your words seem to take a like he listens and he nods and he seems to relax a little bit. Like this was difficult. This was painful for him to think about. And, and you know, he's kind of, you get the sense it's like proud dad who doesn't want fo- son to follow in his footsteps. Like he needed you to know how serious, how deadly this was. Uh, but now that 
you've said this, he he kind of straightens again and his his demeanor lightens a little bit. And he says, if there are more like you that can attain the power that you have, then then maybe those who seek to exploit the lack of other fate changers still can be dealt with. And he walks over and he takes the sword and he tucks it under one wing and he says, I will make sure that we have as much information on this as quickly as possible and have it returned to Travancore. Thank you. And if if there is anything else you need, let me know. Yes, actually. Uh, and Jonathan turns to Carlton and is like, Carlton, uh, let them know I'm going to be here the rest of the day. And I flip my spell book out. I was like, I got to get this Xeroxed in triplicate. E. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounded cool. Uh, so just let him know. That, yeah, I know. Uh, so just let him know I'm here. Uh, I'll be doing this the rest of the day. Can I borrow 100 gold? Oh, uh, and Aras speaks up at this point and says, oh, this is the, the copying. No, we will take care of the material components. And you, because the book is held here. Right. So. Um, before I copy it, I was going to add identify. So we don't run into this again. But And I need to pay for that. So can I borrow 100 gold and stuff? Oh. Uh. Let me see if I got 100 gold on me. And I, like, start, like, just <laughs> pulling out, like, there's, like, small chicken bones, lint, all this crap in my pocket. There's a skull. I'm like, oh, fuck, you still got that fucking skull. There's a, there's an opal. And I'm like, uh-uh, nope, that's that's for me. Uh, <laughs> then there's a, there, there is a one gold coin. And I'm like, no, that's your foosball coat. You're not getting that back. Uh, and I eventually, like, find, like, 100 gold in various coins. It's just mostly copper. And I just, like, push it across the table to him. Thank you. Okay, yeah, I'm good. So I'm going to add identify. I will... Then I will copy the spell book, and that's my plan for the rest of the day. Uh, Carlton, I'll see you later, and I'm going to walk out with the Rassic. And I so I, I leave, and I step outside, and I went, fuck, I have no idea how to get to the Gnomish Omenclave. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, like, shrug and go, eh, whatever, they'll find me. And that is where we will pause for tonight, and we'll pick up <laughs> next week. Back at the Gnomish Enclave that Carlton doesn't know how to get to and finish out that lovely conversation because we've been going for a little while and it's it's time to stop. Um, it was a good roleplay episode and I love this. It was. We, we worked out a lot of stuff. Can I ask you like the... Mechanics? Mechanics of what they said to me. Um. So t- to make a very long story short, you are at a level and we're now, you know, raised dead. And uh-huh. so the... Me- I, the RP of, of 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 what she was talking about was obvious about the the weight of having that. The mechanics of that is the spell requires a, a very expensive diamond, a diamond worth five hundred gold pieces. So not five hundred gold pieces, a diamond worth five hundred gold pieces. And so her insinuation was that this should be a priority for you because if you want to keep your friends from from falling into death for for good you're gonna want that the other thing was so what the spell requires is that i think you have to try to raise them within seven days or so yeah 10 Um, i was looking at it yeah the only other thing that i require is that um the person you're bringing back is willing yeah so whether it is your party members whether it is an npc whoever it is that you're performing this on has to be willing to to be brought back you you are uh and that there will be all she said was there will be consequences if you try to bring someone back who doesn't want to come back so there so for um the long rest for 
for finally going through with the foosball plan, which we have literally had for months, for forgetting and then remembering what you told the Modrons to do. I've been, I have I've been sitting on that for a month or two. Like, well, the next time they're coming back into this thing, there's going to be a skull. For a, a very nice conversation between Bernie and Travancore that gave some some pretty nice insights into everybody for a a lengthy discussion with Jonathan and Aras. I'm going to give you a total of shit, 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 shit. I'm going to give you totally shit. Uh, That's a one should each. 3,150 experience to split between the four of you. So we'll return next week with Bernie and Trevancore chatting in the Gnomish Enclave and seeing what they have to say to them. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Year patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, That Indian Dude, Michael Lapointe, aka Vazarus, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.